everybody. Good afternoon. We've got one more episode of Market Commentary for you all today. It's a little, it's the, the closing bell is just rung, so we're going to jump on this as quickly as possible. Happy to welcome in Bloomberg's latest cadet from the internship office, and that's Jared Dillion. Hey. How was the, how was the stint at, back in Bloomberg, my friend? So I did a month, two weeks in June and two weeks in August. It was good. It was good. I a lot of writing, I assume. A lot of writing. So quiet. So, like, I would have to go outside to talk on the phone. Um, you know, I'm here in my office, and um, I'm the only person in here. But it gets noisy in here. You know, I, you know, I got the computer beeping and my phone ringing and me talking loud. I mean, it's like kind of a noisy person. So, <laughs> so how was uh, how was it managing your real life with uh, the internship life? I mean, you kept on writing. You're publishing every morning plus uh some of the stuff you you also been writing on top of the dirt nap. You know, how'd you keep how'd you keep abreast of everything? Uh, you know, I I would get in around 7 or 7:30 and I would write the dirt nap until about 10 and then I would start working on Bloomberg stuff. I would start doing op-eds and things like that. Um, so I was, you know, working nine, 10 hours a day and three of that was the daily dirt nap and, you know, seven of that was for Bloomberg. Um, you know, the thing that got pushed to the side was like, I basically couldn't run my business, you know, like, you know, I have to be in my office with my accounting software, with all my apps. And basically I had two weeks of work backed up, which I did when I got home. So, um, but you know it worked. It worked fine. I couldn't do it for longer than two weeks. Two weeks is the most I could be away. So, right. right. All right. Well, let's get to business here because there's a couple of things on my agenda that I want to chat with you with Jared, specifically with precious metals. You've been writing about those uh, a little bit more frequently here lately, along with the trend of emerging markets. Maybe we'll talk about that at the end here. But I do want to let's focus with gold uh, because in, actually this morning's. Uh, um, in this morning's dirt nap, if I, if you don't mind, if I quote you here, you said, "If I were looking at this totally objectively, and I didn't have a position, I would be buying gold miners with veins popping out of my neck." So I'm sure many listeners right now have just jumped out of their chairs and and celebrate you know celebratory cheer with you. But tell me why, being the the, the king of sentiment you are, why would you be buying gold miners right now? I mean, it's so just just in recent history, gold went from 1680 to 1800 and the miners didn't go up at all. Like they're just massively underperforming. They've been underperforming for months. And, you know, when I, I pay attention to Twitter, when I see people tweeting about gold, it's just like people are ready to hang themselves. Like it's just it, it's it, it's it's the most pessimistic I've ever seen people in gold. So. No, I mean, the thing is, what I was trying to say there is you want to be as free from bias as possible. And, I, and and in this case, I have bias because I have lots of gold miners, I have lots of gold, and I do have a position. So I really have no choice but to be bullish. But just pretend I didn't have these positions and I was just looking around the investment universe for something to invest in on the basis of sentiment. You know, if I were looking for the place where the sentiment was worst two places I would go emerging markets and gold miners that the, those two sectors have the worst sentiment in the entire capital markets. 
Well, some of those silver bugs would have told you that is just as bad, if not worse, than silver. But you actually don't agree with it. You actually think silver could get much worse than it is. Well, I don't have a strong opinion on that. I just call it a weak opinion. Okay. Um, when I look at the chart, it doesn't it doesn't really speak to me like it's bottoming. That's the problem. Uh, it's 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 not really forming a base. I would like it to form a base, but it's not really forming a base. Um, you know, I mean, look, like if we're going to have a bull market in precious metals, gold's going to go from 1800 to 2000 and silver should go from 20 to 26. You know, silver, silver should outperform, but I'm not, I'm not seeing, I'm not really seeing any signs of life in the chart. Let's put it that way. Okay. You know, just out of curiosity, I know you focus a lot on sentiment, but what, what would be, you know, a catalyst that really gets precious metals up and moving back in a favorable trend once again? Would it be a Fed pivot? Would it just be dire economic data coming out on top of what we're seeing now? What, what would it be? Uh, you know, a Fed pivot for sure. Um, I mean, basically the Fed would have to pivot and the DXY would have to go to 100. You'd have to see a significant dollar weakening. Um, then I think you could get gold up to 1900 mm -hmm. on that basis. You know what I mean? Now, one of the interesting things you're seeing in gold is that it rallied 120 bucks and all you saw was outflows out of the ETFs, which is bananas. Like that really tells you how, how bad sentiment is, is that, you know, even when you like that rallied, I mean, that's a big rally, like 120, but I mean, that's like seven, six or 7% in gold. And you saw nothing but outflows, you know. So that kind of tells you where people's heads are with this. You you mentioned a weakening dollar, uh, and that also kind of plays in with your emerging markets uh, thesis here. Can you kind of open up that conversation here? What is it about emerging markets, other than really poor sentiment, that uh, is looking attractive to you? Man, I mean, if you dig into, I mean, Brazil in particular. Brazil has gotten really, really cheap. But, you know, across the EM world, I mean, you're, this is, it's like 1982 in emerging markets. You're seeing six PEs and 6% dividend yields. You know, the ETF that I recommended for my newsletter has an 8% dividend yield. Like when you're, when you're seeing single digit PEs and dividend yields this high, like, you know, if you think about, I don't know what it was like in 1982. I was eight years old, right? So I wasn't really paying attention to the markets. But I, I, I would hope that, you know, at the time, there were people that were saying, oh, my God, these stocks are so cheap. Like, this is, this is, this is the greatest investing opportunity of all time. But, of course, they didn't. It was the Business Week cover, the death of equities. Everybody was, like, max bearish. And I get the I get the impression that's where people are with EM right now, especially after what happened with Russia. Russia is a special case, but a lot of great things came out of 1982, Jared, including yours truly. So, if I, <laughs> if I, but it's interesting, bro. Brazil. I mean, I, I Brazil definitely has a very uh, rich resource industry. Now, if you're looking at Brazil, does a lot of that fall? within the commodity space anything from agriculture to industrial metals is are you looking at those things or are you just kind of looking more at the technicals you mentioned the pe ratios 
No, I mean, when you know, if you're going to invest in in Brazil resources, the two obvious candidates are PBR and Vale, mm -hmm. right? Like that's like, and they're super super cheap. So, um, you know, I've actually I I used to be a Vale shareholder at least in the ADRs. This was like six or seven years ago. Um, yeah, the problem with Brazil is a political situation. So they have elections coming up. Um, there's a pretty good chance Bolsonaro is going to get voted out. Lula is going to get voted in and he is a communist, you know, and he was when he got elected in 2002 and it, it turned out to be one of the biggest surprises in emerging markets history that he ended up being uh, a lot more centrist than people thought. And, you know, Brazil, it just had a, you know, incredible rally. Um, I'm hearing from some people in Brazil, they're not too concerned about Lula, so we'll see. All right. Uh, you know, geopolitics is the name of the game down in South America these days. That's just been, we've been writing about and talking about quite a bit here, specifically in the mining industry and what it means for everything. Uh, Jared, you know, let's, let's, let's wrap it up there. I'm sorry, we are having some uh, technical difficulties with the connection, so we'll, we'll make it short and sweet. Thanks so much for your time, and I look forward to tomorrow morning's Daily Dirt Nap. All right, thank you. All right. All right, everybody, that's a wrap for us here today. We'll be back early tomorrow morning with the morning briefing. Have a great evening. Be well. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.